0: Well, welcome back. Episode two of the HopeCast. Today, we're going to jump back into the conversation Allie and I had about our relationship, all the ups and downs, and what has led us to the place that we are at today. So you'll want to stay tuned for that. But first, I want to tell you about Hope is Alive Online. It's a new private online community that we're rolling out August 4th, 2020. And you can go to GetSoberAtHome.net to learn more, that's getsoberathome.net to learn more about HIA online, an incredible way for you to get sober, literally from your home. Second, I wanna tell you about our upcoming 5K, the Sobriety Sprint. You can go to sobrietysprint.com to learn more about that, to sign up to register, to volunteer, to run, to walk, to sponsor, to honor your loved one. That is coming up August 29th, 2020 in Oklahoma City. Wichita, Kansas, and virtually, that means anywhere you are. SobrietySprint.com to learn more about that. Thank you so much for joining us here on the HopeCast. Let's dive back in to the conversation from last week. And there you are picking up the residual pieces. Where did you find yourself during those months and those years? What did you do to cope with it? And how, how did you begin to realize that there was an un- unmanageability in your life?
1: So I when when Lance first went to treatment, I was incredibly grateful because I just craved like peace and serenity. I was so tired of living in destruction that I just wanted peace. And uh, that lasted for a bit while I knew that you were in treatment. And then I started getting really angry, to be honest. Um, I was really angry that you had the opportunity uh, to go away for 90 days and have somebody listen and counselor listening to you every single day. Um, and I was just stuck there yet again, like having to have lived through your tornado that had nothing to do with me and try to go about living my own life, uh, pretending like that never happened. Wow. And, uh, it was really, it was really hard. Um, I started dating another guy who was the antithesis of Lance. He was,
0: oh. <laughs> he oh. was
1: steady and he was stable and it was just like easy. Um, which is, we you know, really what I needed at the time was just some, some stability, uh, like a place uh, I knew where to step. It was solid footing, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, um, and as the years went by, I just realized, you know, um, Lance and I stayed in communication
0: yeah.
1: uh, the whole time. But ultimately, <laughs> uh, it uh, did not end well with the guy that I was dating or with Lance as uh, I hadn't been honest with either one of them that I was still talking to the other yeah. um, because I think just as... Um, just as you were healing and and there was progression in your addiction, I think there was probably progression in mine too. You know, I was trying to find anything outside of me that would make me feel better. It might not have been drugs or alcohol. It wasn't drugs and alcohol, but it was something outside myself to make me feel better. Yeah. And um, it got to the point where uh, there was this big, uh, storm if you will (laughs) of um them meeting up in my front yard and like the worst moment of my life and I remember I they both left and I picked up my phone and I called my mom and my mom came down to the rescue and I just looked at her and I said mom like I'm not okay I'm just not okay
0: yeah
1: and um I did had done some research on a place in Bowling Green Kentucky um probably a couple months before that. And it'd been on the back of my mind, but I had never taken that step. And it was really the the storm of that moment of them running into each other, me being found out, you mm-hmm. know, and it's a lot like your story. Sure. If you will.
0: I think it's a lot like it's two worlds colliding and everything. Right. You're keeping secrets from one to the other, just like I was. And then when all that comes to the surface and your life is kind of laid out in front of you as it really looks. Mm -hmm. You have to take a real tough look at yourself.
1: Well, I think there was something wrong with me to be quite honest uh, because I had stayed with Lance and I had no ties to him. I didn't need to stay with him after I found out that he was active in addiction and I stayed with him. And then, you know, I put this other guy through all this stuff and I put Lance through all of this stuff. And ultimately I had an unhealthy dependence on someone else. Wow. And it took that storm of realizing it and um, my, my mom coming down and saying, yes, we'll do whatever uh, you need. So I went to a place in, in Bowling Green called the Bridge to Recovery. And I was finally able to realize that it was this word that I was struggling with, which is codependency.
0: Oh, the big one.
1: And I didn't like that word. Because I was independent. I had done my own thing. I moved away really early on to go away to Arizona to go to college. And then I moved to LA. And then I finally came back to Oklahoma. I was independent. I didn't need anybody. But ultimately, (laughs) I realized that uh, that was a lie that I was telling myself. And what I really needed, or I, I actually, I wouldn't have been in the position that I was in. And so just as Lance had to come to a place, I think of surrender with your drugs and alcohol, I had to come to a place of surrender and realizing that if I didn't do this, if I didn't take that step, the rest of my life would have looked the exact same. It would have looked like, you know, fill in the blank on, on what relationship I was in and, and just one after another. And, and. I wouldn't be married. I wouldn't have children. I wouldn't have anything that I had. So it's the same thing. You know, I might not have died, if you will, from from what I did, um, from the codependency issues, but I would have um, given away my entire future yet again, like yet again. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I found myself there and I got there and I was like, I asked the lady that drove me to wait for an hour for me. I paid her to wait for an hour to make sure I was sure that I was gonna stay. I've
0: never heard you say that.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm not quite sure about That's
0: this. A hit a, behavior hit a
1: cell phone in my undergarments. Wow. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Yeah, sorry about that. Still haven't made amends to that place for that one.
0: I think it's really important though as people are listening, and we're transitioning to hope, by the way, and there's a lot of great things coming that this is the ripple effect of addiction on people's lives. And where we are today, thank goodness is, is a place of health and, and hope. But we're, we're seeing people all the time that are kind of in that position you were where they're trying to pick up the residual pieces of a damaged relationship. And they can't even see how the behaviors that they're taking part in every day are continually um, slowly destroying them, robbing them of their purpose of their freedom, of their passions. And I think that's just such an important point for people that are listening today to understand what, where you really were two years after I got sober, two or three years mm-hmm. after where you really were trying to get your life back together and where you found yourself and a huge brave step you took to get help.
1: Yeah. unfortunately, it does put a spotlight. Someone else getting healthy does put a spotlight on your own behaviors and um, and that's what it did. I mean, I, it's so strange to think about it at times because although my drug of choice was not opiates or alcohol, you know, my drug of choice was people, making people more important than God, making people more important than myself, uh, relationships with my family, anything. And it's the exact same thing. It's just plug in whatever word it is for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if I hadn't taken that step, I know that uh, I wouldn't be able to be here right now Talking to you as such a healthy, well-balanced human being. <laughs>
0: uh, thank you for sharing that part. It's yeah. incredibly beautiful to hear it, and I know that uh, people don't understand. Maybe maybe they do that you're listening. Just how hard that step is. It's it's sometimes easier for the addict with the legal problems and nobody trusts them anymore. That's that's damaged all the relationships for them to see logically why that why they need help. But I think for you to take that step when everything from the outside world is telling you oh your life's okay yeah but you know inside that it's unmanageable and you took that step to find a freedom and i'm really proud of you and the the truth is that the third third part of our um, story uh, this season of our life was would not be possible without you have taken that step and so many lives wouldn't be changed if if you hadn't gone to that facility and learned what you learned and taken it back and implemented it Mm -hmm. I hope it's alive but I'm jumping ahead a little bit so you come back we begin slowly over a period of a couple years a year 18 months something like that
1: to come out of the sabbatical yeah
0: for me to begin the transition out of the sabbatical we begin to talk a little bit more about our future and our relationship and uh, you I'm not telling your story but you get a, a call to the ministry that'd be fair
1: yeah, so I had my own business. Like I thought I had life figured out when I came back because I did not want to be dependent on people anymore. Um, and so, so except you're
0: for the opposite direction, except
1: for Jesus, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, and I thought I really did have life figured out. And when Lance first started talking about hope is alive, I was right there with him and threw on every single one of his events, got to see HQ or first house before uh, we, he signed the paperwork on it. So it had always been like a part of, of me and our story. That's right. Um, but ultimately I was doing a devotional one day and the Lord said, Hey, this is where I want you. And so I typed it all out and it was just really envisioning, A women's program, because we'd already had a men's program, three men's homes, um, a women's program for Hope is Alive. And uh, I sent this email to Lance, what I thought was at the perfect time um, in the middle of the night. So he wouldn't see it till first thing in the morning because he was in a good mood first thing in the morning, usually. (laughs) And uh, so he would see it. And uh, we met the next day for lunch. And he said, yes, absolutely. Yes. And you're going to do it.
0: Well, I think it's really important for folks to understand the timing of this as we kind of get to our third point, third takeaway, or excuse me, second takeaway, and that's restoration takes time and it yeah. takes work from everyone involved. And so here we are, we're really beginning to get our, our relationship back on track. You've come on to the the, the team and hope is alive, you're opening the woman's home. But it's been it wasn't
1: much of a team then. It was like yes. me and you.
0: <laughs> me and you. We we were starting. <laughs> But the truth is, it had been four years.
1: Four years.
0: Since I had seen your family, maybe even since they had even heard my name. So, a little context Allie was not even telling them, you know. Well, no, I didn't want to put them through all the
1: crazy. I didn't know if it was going to stick, Lance. I, I get it. I'm
0: just saying, you know, people that are struggling with understanding how long will it take for their relationship to be restored? What do I need to do? I'm telling you, it took us four years. Uh, I guess first me earning trust and being consistent and proving to you and
1: me having to get a lot of help and then eventually thinking, okay, I think he might stay sober if he hits four years.
0: And I think you might not stop seeing this other guy. So let's take that step. Yeah. Right.
1: It turns out four years is the lucky number.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so here we are four years after um, my sobriety or our, our kind of big breakup. And then you've gone to get help. Yeah. And we begin to slowly, come back together and go on some dates and talk about the future and you're opening the house and and we finally get to that point where we're like okay I think we need to go and introduce this topic um to your family and, and see what that's all about and and there you yep. we were Halloween of 2015.
1: Halloween of 2015 he drove north on uh, I-35 and uh to Wichita Kansas my hometown and uh got to spend the weekend with my family. And I was terrified, but he did something super clever. He carved our initials in the pumpkin instead of just like a little jack-o'-lantern. And my mom was like, oh, maybe he has changed.
0: Mm -hmm. That was it, that's all I had to do.
1: No, Uh, (laughs) you went through lots of conversations. Lance made amends, I think a lot that weekend when he was up there uh, with my family. And uh, we had some tough conversations, but, you know, when it was all over you, the change. It was almost like you didn't even have to open your mouth. You could just see it in the way that you acted in the way that you treated me. Where before, you know, I would lug every single bag in and up the stairs and all of that. You did it this time. Whereas before you waited for my mom to bring you food and all that. This time you got up and served other people. You did all the dishes. You did things that showed that you were just different. And I think, you know, in that moment they said, okay, they took a look and thought, maybe Mm -hmm. maybe
0: trust takes time yep and on both sides of the street our families had to begin to trust again both of us and we had to both of us take those steps to prove ourselves and to show that we were different people you know I think we're trying to be as open and vulnerable as we can but our lives were both individually wrecks in different parts of our story and we weren't great folks or to be trusted And we had to both uh, walk it out and and show who we we were in this new and different lives and and really what God had done inside of our hearts. And I think so when you're looking at restoration in your family and in your relationships with somebody um, that's been damaged, you've got to understand it takes time and it takes work from everyone. I think that's the point I'm trying to say. It really does take work from everybody.
1: Yeah, because I really wanted to tell Lance he was 100 percent of the problem.
0: (laughs) it's
1: all your fault you fix it that's right and come back and grovel to me that's right but unfortunately it didn't work that way i guess unfortunately unfortunately it It, didn't work that way
0: it really does take everybody getting getting involved and getting on the same page and i I said this all the time but when you know recovery hits a person in your family it means it hits the entire family and at least it should And, and if you want to do your best to help somebody that's trying to get clean and sober or change their life in anyway, I'm getting on board with that person and fanning their flame, um, helping to provide forgiveness. It, is, it was really, really important. And Allie's family was incredibly gracious to me. They offered a great deal of forgiveness and were able to give trust back pretty quickly. They were. And um, it's a real ode to who they are as people and, and love them very much and, and so grateful because yet again, the engagement came pretty quickly, even the second oh, time around. Uh, So there we were on Halloween, and to kind of tell a little bit of our personal story, I went and met with uh, her parents early December, um, called your brother, if you remember. Got some blessing from him as well. My brother? That's right. I did. Yeah, called your brother. Got some, uh, got the I did not me. know that. Went to your sister's doctor's office, got her blessing as what? well. You're forgetting things. I mean, you know these No,
1: things. I do not know this. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Went to the office, got her blessing as well, sat down with your with your mom and dad, and then Christmas Eve 2015. Instead of some fancy, elaborate engagement on the top of Machu Picchu like the well, first she said one was. the first one was. Um, it was right where you really wanted it to be, I believe. And that was in the living room in front of the Christmas tree. Yep. At your parents' house.
1: Surrounded by my family where they could actually be excited for me this time. That's right. Yeah.
0: And so it's a beautiful picture of um, restoration. And and it leads us to where we are today. And I really believe the third takeaway for our our pod today is that radical results are possible. And I want people to understand that and, and be filled with hope for that, no matter where you find yourself today, looking at a relationship that that you've lost or looks like it's it's never going to be repaired or a son or a daughter that's struggling that you think there's just no way they'll ever be able to come back and overcome. I'm telling you it's possible. People can change. It really does happen. And not only just an individual, but an entire family on both mm-hmm. sides um, had to adjust and change and forgive and, and make a new way.
1: Yeah. Uh, Lance has since officiated two of my siblings' weddings <laughs> which is really incredible. And I think the most important thing I can say is this, um, as we talk about all of our craziness and and real actual heartbreak Mm -hmm. along the way. um, If we had not gone through what we had gone through, every single part of it from the lies to the addiction to the, to my uh, sobriety, if you will, to every little piece of it, We would not be prepared to lead Hope is Alive today. And also hundreds of other people would not be impacted like they are by the work that Hope is Alive is doing had we not perfectly (laughs) and messed up at the same time, but perfectly messed up our lives and then able to find restoration and bring our unique recovery journeys to Hope is Alive, which marry each other through through our program
0: yeah absolutely and i know that you know what you're saying is is right on and and it's that god did what only he could do in our lives to prepare us to lead in only ways that we can lead right people have to understand that god can literally take everything you've been through every detail every single mess crazy situation and i'm talking we had some nutty situations Lights in the street, craziness, lies, betrayal, addiction. I spent four hours
1: in the garage one time because he thought I'd locked him in there.
0: Well, I and put the, a tracking device on your car. And the wasn't even locked. I mean, there was just nutty stuff running into people that <laughs> it, you were supposedly dating in public, and I didn't even know about. I mean, just all yeah. that stuff, and, and I think people feel so ashamed of what they've been through, and as if God cannot take that. First off, it's as if God does not know that about them right. or know their thoughts or know how dirty or messed up their lives were or are. He knows all of it. The Bible talks about it. He knows everything you're thinking about, what you're going through. I read that verse this morning in Psalms. And God loves to take what seems as if it's broken and turn it into something that's beautiful. And I think that's the story of our relationship today. It proves that radical results are possible. We are not perfect people by any stretch of the imagination. We both work really hard at our individual recovery programs. We have to do a whole lot of care on our marriage today to be in the place that we are. Leading Hope is Alive and a lot of people that are looking up to us and and a lot of people that we're trying to lead to experience the restoration that has happened in our lives. Um, But I will tell you this, it is possible. Change is possible. Today we get to be a part of something that's really incredible. And at the end of the day, the most um, amazing part of, I think our story is that we are leading this organization together and that we do it from a place of humility and grace, knowing that we are both just a couple steps away in the wrong direction from throwing it all away. Yeah. So we have to work really hard at, at forgiveness and trust and trying to do the things that prepare us to continue to, uh, to live out our recoveries together. But uh, I'm inspired by getting to hear your part of the story again today I've forgotten some of those details and I hope I've forgotten helpful.
1: some of them too.
0: Hopefully, it's helpful for you that are listening here for the first ever episode of the Hope Cast. I want to recap just real quickly the takeaways we talked about the ripple effect of addiction on everyone. When one person um, is addicted, it does impact so many other people, and that was certainly evident in our story. Number two, that restoration takes time and it takes work from everyone involved. And then number three, we're ending with some hope that radical results are possible. Isn't that right, Allie?
1: Amen. It, it absolutely is possible. And uh, what God does and how God uses uh, our past and our pain is nothing short of a miracle. And so um, I love how over and over and over and over again in the Bible, he, he uses people that you would never expect. And that's I think right. that's what we are, yeah. people you would never expect. Uh to come alongside others, uh, to give, you know, what only we can give
0: yeah.
1: in a sense. Um, and, uh, just, just give people an opportunity just to look up even just to be able to have just a little bit of hope. God does everything and, and covers the rest of it, but just the idea that life could be different and they haven't washed it all away. It is not all gone. It is not all behind you.
0: I love what you said, and I think you're right on. That change is possible for anybody. You're never too far gone, and that the best is yet to come in your life, no matter where you are today. And I want to just thank you for jumping back in the middle of our mess and to talk to me about it and to share these vulnerable stories. I hope that it's uh, impacted people. Again, I want you to know I'm proud of you. I love you.
1: I'm proud of you, and I love you, too. And thank you for sharing today.
0: Absolutely. I hope it's helped folks, and I hope that they'll join us next time here on the Hopecast. We believe on three things to be true. God is love, change is possible, and hope is alive. See you next time.